Thank you for joining us for the Ravenswood Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Dustin Moore. We are a Bible-believing, grace-driven church located on the north side of Chicago. As a church, we are passionate about making disciples of all people for the glory of God. If you would like more information about our ministry, visit ravenswoodbaptist.org. Now, here's Pastor Dustin. For the, for the past few weeks, we've considered some of the errant teachings and unorthodox teaching that's within church history regarding the person and the nature of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you in this has been that you've learned something that has equipped you against false teaching. There's been four false teachings, heretical teachings that we presented over the last month. The first one that we heard, I brought to you on the topic and the subject of Arianism. The teaching of Arianism was that Jesus was not God, but that He was a created being who is simply endued with divine grace. And so we kicked off our series looking at Arianism and why Jesus could not be that. It was an errant heretical teaching. The second week, Pastor Josh taught on the heresy known as Docetism. Docetism, Docetism is the belief that Christ was a spiritual being, but had the appearance, and only the appearance, of humanity. The third message Gilberto brought on the, the heretical position of Apollinarianism. Apollinarianism was the heresy that mingled the deity and humanity of Christ, making, making Jesus neither fully God or man. And then last week we looked at Nestorianism. Nestorianism is the false teaching that Jesus was two persons, one divine person and one human person. In all four of these situations, we were, we were taking the heresy and we were explaining what Scripture actually tells us is the nature of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. On the positive side of this, my prayer has been that you've been reinforced in your heart and mind who Jesus truly was and who He is. The child born in the manger outside of the inn in Bethlehem was none other than the eternal Son of God who was made flesh. The Son of God had become man. And seeing Jesus for who He is, according to Scripture, makes the story of His birth, as Sam read for us, it makes the story of the birth of Christ that much more miraculous. As we saw last night, it was not a story that you and I would ever write. But what happens in the story of Christmas demands a response. It demands a response from everyone. The fact is, when it comes to the story of Christmas, hear me very carefully, there is no neutral ground. In fact, Herod, or as our Jewish guide in Israel Joe called him Herod. I don't know who's right. My Sunday school teacher growing up or Joe in Jerusalem. But Herod, the king of Judea, actually reminds you and I today that there is no neutral ground with Jesus. You either accept Him and love Him for who He is or you reject and hate Him. And if you're going to love and accept the God-man, the Christ child, Jesus Christ, you 
you and I need to understand what Christmas tells us. And we don't find this just in the story passages of Joseph and Mary or the shepherds or the wise men. We actually see it in John's Gospel very clearly. And here's what we see. Number one, becoming God's child is possible. Listen very carefully. Try to track with me. I know it's the hype of the day, but listen very carefully because this is important. Becoming God's child is possible. John 1.11 said, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Notice that John says that Jesus came to His own. Likely what John means here is Jesus came to people He created. He came into a world of humanity that He created. The second, the His own received Him is likely referring to the people of Israel. So Jesus came to His created people. His ethnic people did not receive Him. He came as a Son, and there's a play on words from John. He came on a son to his people, and they refused him. But those that receive him, he gives them power to become sons of God. And that happens, John says, in an ordinary way. Don't miss this. Last night it was an unlikely way, but it's unlikely in how ordinary it is, and that is this. You become God's son and God's daughter, God's child is the principle here, by believing on His name. This right here, my friends, this is the heart of Christmas. This is the heart of Christmas. C.S. Lewis said profoundly, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. The Son of God became a man to make you and I enabled or to give us the power to become sons of God. And I hope that today, on Christmas morning, you, you appreciate and grasp the depth of this. That Jesus came to His created people and those whom He created rejected Him. But those that receive Him, He gives them power. He gives them the enablement. He equips them to become new creation sons and daughters. This is the heart of Christmas. This is the heart of Emmanuel. This is God with us and God for us so that God can bring us to our Heavenly Father and make us sons and daughters of God. Can you think of today a better gift? A better gift than to be a son or, or daughter of God. A better gift that was been given to you that you and I should be called the sons of God. This is the heart of Christmas. The heart of Christmas is the power to become something that means that if we become something, as John says, that we were not then we were something else before that. If we were not born, but we were made able to become the sons of God, then what were we? The truth is we were a different kind of child. We were a different kind of child. The Bible's clear. 
in Ephesians 2. When, when Paul says that we were by nature the children of wrath. He says in Ephesians 5 and in Colossians 3 that we were the children of disobedience. What does that mean? It means that we were in bondage. We were in bondage to ourselves and our sin and the punishment to come. And so how are you and I going to release ourselves from this bondage? John says in John 1 that we are released from this bondage by simply believing on Christ. By believing on Christ, we're released from the bondage of being a child of disobedience, by being a child of wrath. And God makes us to be children and sons and daughters of God in His divine grace. So we're taken in the Gospel from being children of wrath and disobedience, and we've been taken from our father, the devil, and we've been given a new family and, new, and, a, new, and, a, and a new father, and we've been given a new title and a new identity. We are no longer children of wrath and disobedience. We're the sons and daughters of the king. And John tells us that at the heart of Christmas, becoming God's child is possible. Paul wrote in, Ephes- in Romans chapter 8, excuse me, he said, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again, We didn't get more bondage. We were saved from bondage. We have been, we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Whereby we cry, Abba Father. Adoption is a big deal in my family. My dad was not born named Daryl Moore. He had another last name. But when he was two, his dad left. My dad has no recollection of his father. Many years later, the kindness and grace of Albert Moore came into my dad's home and he adopted my dad. And he gave him a new name and a new identity and a whole new understanding of love. Why? Because Albert Moore said, you can have my name. My friends, when Jesus came, He's coming to say to all of us, You get to have my name. You get to be my child. This is Christmas. Becoming God's child is possible. Secondly, John tells us that salvation is by the grace of God. You get all this because of the grace of God. John makes it abundantly clear that we don't become God's child by anything we are or by what we do. Notice verse 13. He says, which were born. Those that are become the sons of God, they're born not of blood. They're not born because of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What is John saying? You don't get this new birth because of your ethnic identity. You don't get this new birth because you simply had a personal desire to be saved. And hear me very carefully, what John is saying there is not not that you can't have a desire to be saved. He's saying you can have all the desire you want, but if Jesus doesn't come, you can't be saved. Personal desire. You can't be saved because of the will of man. You can't will yourself saved. So how do you get saved? It's all of God. It's all God. You are not His child because you're born to a certain background. You are not His child because you wanted salvation enough, and so God was just kind enough to give you salvation. You are not God's child because you made it happen on your own effort and by your willpower. You are God's child today as a sheer act of His grace. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace are you saved 
through faith and that not of yourselves. It is not of yourself. You cannot save yourself. It is the gift of God. It's not of works lest any man, any one of us should ever boast that we had the, the willpower and the desire and the, and the religious list of things that we did that gave us salvation. It's all grace. And at the heart of Christmas is salvation is grace. At the heart of Christmas is the baby in the manger is grace who has visited us. You say, well, I want to be saved today. I, I, I want to be saved, and you can be. You can be saved today because of the grace and kindness of God in Christ. This is the promise of Christmas. That any who want to be the son's daughter God can do so by believing on His name. Not getting in that, not coming into this building, not reworking your life, believing on His name. That's the simple message of Christmas. You say, well, I, I, I want to be sure today that I'm saved. I, I want to be sure that I am God's child. How can I be sure? Why can I be sure? The third statement today is because Christmas actually happened. You can be sure today that you can be saved. Because Christmas actually happened. What do we mean? Look at verse 10. He was in the world. He was in the world. The world was made by Him. The world knew Him not. Look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Because Christmas, listen very carefully, friends, because Christmas actually happened, you can be God's child. Because Jesus actually became flesh, dwelt among us. Salvation by grace is possible. Because He is truly God and truly man. You and I have a Redeemer who can bear the weight of the wrath of a holy God. We have a Redeemer who can suffer and sympathize for us and with us. And all of this is because Christmas actually happened. It really did. So now what for us? If we're saved. I mean... If, I'm, if, I'm, if I already know that I'm God's child, if I already know that I'm saved by grace, if I already know and believe that Christmas actually happened, then what is available to me this morning? What's available to you is what John said over in his first letter when he said these words, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Do you know what you get this morning? You get to be a little child before your heavenly father. What do I mean by that? All the joy of a child on Christmas morning is available to the child of God. All that joy. How many of you remember growing up? You don't have to raise your hand because I don't remember growing up. But if you do, how many of you remember? Maybe it was a mixed emotion at times. But you remember the joy of Christmas. 
Somebody tried to make it special. And they tried to do something to make you feel loved and appreciated, even if it was a simple and small way. But you felt the joy of this moment. And that is what is available to us because, because we are God's child. If you're saved today, you are God's child by grace. Christmas actually did happen. And we should no longer be the, the people with the, the saddened faces. Yes, Paul said you sorrow, but you're always rejoicing Yes, life is hard, but grace is is enough. Yes, pain is real today, but there is joy in Christ today as well. And all of this tells us that Jesus has come and Jesus has made us children of God and, and we've been saved by grace. And all of this tells us that we can leave today bouncing off the walls with real joy. Because Christmas is real. It's real. I remember getting to the stage of life, unfortunately, where I would be excited about Christmas. And then when it was over, there was a sense of letdown. Almost like, that's it? How many of you remember getting to that point of life? Anybody? I am the only Scrooge in here. Me and Mike Gray. I, I got to, the, I don't know what it was, but as a, as a teenager, I just started kind of, just kind of lost. Now I'm back at that place where it's like, I can't wait to see my kids open presents that they'll forget where they put them in about five hours. But you know, the, the Christian life is actually to be joy that is never ending. It doesn't end today. It doesn't end tomorrow. In fact, it's an eternal joy that we take with us into eternity. You see, with Jesus, listen, friends, with Jesus, and because his birth is real, his sinless life is real, his death and resurrection are real, joy doesn't run out. It's refilled every day. And so as we conclude this Christmas time, this Christmas series, I want to encourage you to three responses of the gospel of joy in the Christmas story. And I'll be quick with this. Number one, Christmas reminds us to trust God even in hard times. We get that from Mary and Joseph. I don't have time today to get into the whole story of Mary and Joseph, but if you think there was everything glamorous about carrying the Christ child before you were married in that day, if you think being Joseph was glamorous, try explaining that. This is a hard time for them. Listen, it's a brutal time of rejection and condemnation. So what does Christmas tell us? that our joy can be so real that we can trust God even in the hard times. I told the church family last night, there were two couples, two families, I should say, in this room last night that in the last three weeks have said goodbye to a family member. There's people in our, in our room that are observing their first Christmas without a loved one. My friends, life is hard. I'm not being silly by saying we can be bouncing off the walls. I'm saying that in the hardship of life, Christmas tells us that we can still trust God. And there's a joy that is unexplainable to the Christian. Mary and Joseph give us that. Secondly, Christmas invites us to worship Christ even when we, when our understanding is incomplete. If you think the wise men understood who Jesus was, you're, you're mistaken. I know we like to cliche that term, wise men still seek him. Those wise men had no comprehension fully who they were seeking. 
They didn't grasp a thing. Did they have some revelation? Absolutely, God had given them some kind of idea. But they didn't have a full grasp on Jesus the Messiah. But you know what we learned from that? We learned that we can still and we should worship God even when we don't understand fully who He is. Even when we don't understand everything in Scripture. Christmas calls us to worship. If that baby in the manger is the Son of God, truly God, truly man, even if you can't explain that, you can worship. Thirdly, Christmas compels us to be like the shepherds in this way. We're invited to come and see Jesus, but then we can go and tell all about Jesus. That's the shepherd pattern. Make haste. Let's hurry and go see Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to say, hurry. Come to Christ. Don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till another Sunday. Don't leave this room without knowing Jesus as your Savior. Come and see Christ. But after you come and see Jesus, all of our response is to go and tell. To go tell everybody who we saw. We saw him. That's our mission today. That's the Christian's mission. To be like those shepherds. To walk out these doors today and say, by the kindness and grace of God, anybody who will listen to me for the next, for the next year, I want to tell them all about Jesus. By the way, if Jesus is who He says He is, He deserves nothing less from us. He deserves nothing less than to go tell the world. The most important response to the Christmas story is to believe on Christ. It's to believe on Christ. There's a lot of reasons to believe on Christ. There are reasons such as being brought into the family of God, being saved from the punishment of hell, and getting eternal life in heaven. Being made new by Jesus. The gifts of the gospel are endless. But hear me very carefully. It all starts with believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Christmas is a proclamation to all. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. You say, I have. Great. Let's all go and tell. Let's go and tell. You say, well, they won't listen. They didn't listen to the shepherds either. But it's not about who will listen. Our job is not ever to make people listen. Our job is to go and tell. To go and tell. And what do we say to them when we say, when we go to tell? We say, come and see. Come and see. And then we say to them after they come and see, hey, join us as we go and tell. And what do they tell people? Come and see. That's the pattern of the Christian life. Go and tell. Come and see. If you're here today, John 1 says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become something they were not. What is it? To become the sons of God. And if you're a son of God today, if you're a daughter of God, you have been given the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Greatest gift. 
You've been adopted. You've been adopted into the new family. Joy unceasing. Joy that never ends. Christmas ends today, but not for the Christian. Not for the Christian. My friends, my friends, Merry Christmas. And may the joy of Christ never, never end. If you are here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and when I say you know, I mean you know without any doubt that you are God's child. The best way to celebrate Christmas is by coming into God's family. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at ravenswoodbaptist.org. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Ravenswood, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Chicago and around the world.